You're listening, listening to, to Bible, Bible Plus. Bible Plus from Seesaw. Bible Plus is a podcast featuring short, daily discussions of every chapter in the New Testament. Bible Plus is designed to increase Bible reading, understanding, and enjoyment. Get more out of the Bible. Hi, everybody. Today we are in Matthew 17, and we are coming off of an epic chapter, Matthew 16. Wow. Peter saw that Jesus was Christ, the Son of the living God. This was revealed to him by God. And it was on that vision of Jesus being the Christ, the Son of the living God, that Christ said, I will build my church. That revelation, that rock, I'll build my church on that, on that fact that that's who I am, and that's what I'm going to do. So, awesome chapter. At the end, I'm just going to transition into chapter 17 with the last verse of chapter 16. Verse 28 says, Truly I say to you, there are some of those standing here who shall by no means taste death until they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Now, if you're like me, and you've read this verse, you might think, well, the disciples died before he came back again. Um, what does this mean? And maybe some of you thought this was ascension, but actually that's his ascension. So that doesn't make sense. Um, what does it mean for the Son of Man to come in his kingdom? And while they were still alive? Well, in this account in Matthew and also in the account in, Ma- in Mark 9, we see the transfiguration of Jesus on the mountain. And this transfiguration, this is not necessarily, you know, the the kingdom of God coming, but it's a miniature Christ as the miniature of the kingdom. He himself alone (laughs) within him was the glory of God and with him, the kingdom came. So while he was walking on the earth, he was in this shell of a humanity. It's like there's this bright light that's within him, which, (laughs) which was revealed, you know, he's transfigured and there's this bright light, brighter than the sun. He was sparkling as it said in Mark nine. Um, but there was this opaque or, um, yeah, really this opaque layer around that, which was his humanity. So that all those on the earth at that time, they didn't see the bright glory. I mean, you could experience it. I mean, he, he was so attractive. He was so, uh, fragrant. People were drawn to him. There was something about him and that was the glory within him coming out of his humanity. But here, Peter, James, and John, before they tasted death, they saw the glory in the Son of Man, this miniature of the kingdom coming in the in the breaking forth of this glory from his body. Okay, so moving forward, <clears throat> I just thought that was epic. We saw the glory, uh, the glory in Christ just shining forth for the first time. His true, the nature within him that his his divinity just there it is. Okay. But moving forward, the next verse, verse three, says, Behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them. Now, this is a really interesting situation, and Peter has a little, you know, hiccup again. <clears throat> Moses in the Old Testament really represents the law. You can connect the law to Moses. Elijah, Elijah represents the prophets here. So <clears throat> it's quite incredible. You have Jesus, you have Moses, and Elijah. You have the Son of God. You have the law and you have the prophets. Now, the law and the prophets, they were just testimonies of Christ. Testimonies. 
But Peter, man, when Peter was there, can you just imagine how excited he got? <laughs> uh, right in front of him, Moses, Elijah, and Jesus. They're just all stars in front of him. I mean, Peter is just steeped. He's saturated with uh, the tradition of of Judaism and this sludge. He just has to wade through this sludge of the religion that he grew up in. So he's just starstruck. I mean, Jesus, Moses, Elijah. So he thinks, oh, well, let, you know, if this is good, it's good for us to be here. If you're willing, I'll make three tents for us. Well, unintentionally, what he was doing, actually intentionally, he saw these three and in his mind, they had equivalent statuses. These three people in his mind were of equal importance. But it's interesting what happens next. As soon as he offers uh, to make these tents for the three, this cloud overshadows them and a voice out of heaven. This is God the Father. God the Father steps in to vindicate his son and says, This is my son, the beloved, in whom I have found my delight. Hear him. Hear him. And the disciples, of course, man, they hear this voice. They fall on their face. They're greatly afraid. And Jesus, as in their fear, he comes to them, touches them and says, arise, do not be afraid. And so I'm, I'm sure they just kind of slowly look up, you know, test the waters. Is, is everything OK? Am I safe? Am I going to fall over dead? And when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one except Jesus himself alone. Y'all, this is the father's will. That we would not get stuck on the law, not get stuck in the prophets. Jesus Christ has come as the fulfillment of the entire Old Testament. And now there's a a transition into this new covenant ministry, this new testament where Jesus Christ is the center of everything. And there it's Christ plus nothing. So when they look up, Moses is no longer there. Elijah is no longer there. They saw Jesus himself alone. This is incredible. Y'all, in your Christian life... Don't become, don't be a, a, a law follower. The life in us follows the law. The life of God living in us, Christ living in us, fulfills the law. The prophets, the prophecy, it was all about Christ. Christ has come. He's in us. So forget them. Break through to see Jesus himself alone. This morning, this afternoon, you find yourself in a little rut of uh, a monotonous day doing the same tasks tasks again break through to see jesus himself alone okay and then the last thing i kind of want to talk about today on this podcast is is this this scenario where the disciples (laughs) tried to and failed uh, to cast out this this epileptic uh, demon from uh, this this person um this son of this man and I always was confused by this section too. I mean, the disciples, <laughs> they weren't able to heal him, weren't able to cast out the demons. And Jesus said, oh, unbelieving and perverted generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked it and it came out and the boy was healed from that hour. And <clears throat> and then Jesus was asked by his disciples like, Lord, why, why can't, why couldn't we do it? We tried. Like, what's going on? We've cast out other demons. Why couldn't we do this one? And he said to them, because of your little faith, truly, I say to you, if you have faith like a mustard seed, y'all, 
Faith, oh my, faith is so important. Every time the Lord was able to do something, every time Jesus does something in the Gospels to heal somebody, to, um, yeah, really to heal somebody or to do a work of power, along with it is paired faith and believing. Okay, a few chapters before this, in Matthew 15, um, in verse 27 and 28, there's this woman, I think we're, we were all touched with this story, there's a woman, this, this uh, Gentile, I believe, yes, this Gentile, and she just says, hey, I'm a little dog, even, even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall off their master's table, and Jesus found great faith with her, great faith, be it done to you as you wish, and your daughter would, was healed from that hour. Okay, great faith, it's done to you as you wish. Matthew 8, if you go further back. Matthew 8, there was that centurion. He has this paralyzed servant, and he and he says, you know, my house is not fitting for you to come. Just speak it, and it'll happen. And he says, I'm a man under authority just like you. You say, go do this, and your servant does it. You say, go do that, and servant does it. And, and Jesus was just amazed, and he found great faith, and his servant was healed from that hour. Matthew 9, there are three epic stories. There's a paralytic, um, paralytic and their friends brought him on a bed, and Jesus saw their faith. He forgave and healed him. And then following that, there's a woman um, who is suffering from that hemorrhage, bleeding for so long. And she thought, if I can only touch his garment, I will be healed. So she'd been bleeding for so long, you can imagine she was very, very weak. But with the little energy she had, she was pushing through. If I can just touch the edge of his garment, I'll be healed. And then she touched him. Jesus felt the power come out of him. And he said, your faith has healed you. Your faith. Do you, do you get the the line here? Faith, faith, faith. Jesus does something. He attributes it to their faith. Okay, Matthew nine twenty seven through 30. There are these blind men just bugging them. <laughs> and they're crying out to Jesus. And Jesus asks them, do you believe that I am able, uh, able to give them sight? And they said, yes, Lord. And he says, according to your faith, let it be done to you. So faith is needed for the Lord to carry out his will, his work, and his heart in everything, in, in, in your being, in you personally, and also in your, your situation, your environment that you're in. If, okay, and then you want a negative example. Okay, a few, uh, a few days ago, yeah, in Matthew 13, Jesus was there with his countrymen. I mean, he's there where he grew up. And, <laughs> and everyone's questioning him. They're questioning him. He's like, man, is this not the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary and his brothers James and Joseph, Simon and Judas and sisters? Aren't they with us? So they they just couldn't break through. They couldn't believe. And then in verse 58 of Matthew 13, it says, And he did not do many works of power there because of their unbelief. Because of their unbelief, he was not able to do that much. So if we go back to chapter 17... He says, if you have faith like a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible to you. Faith like a mustard seed. We don't even have the ability to have faith in ourselves. God himself, when we we are with him, spending time with him, speaking to him, 
He infuses us with himself as, as faith. So if God, if, if we spend time with him, if God wants to do something, whether it's in us or around us and we believe it, nothing will be impossible to you. I don't care what it is. If it's on God's heart and in your time with him, you believe it, he, or, or he, he, uh, you acknowledge it, you see it in his word. He wants to transform us. He wants to, uh, he wants to, um, sanctify us. He wants to grow in our heart. He wants to break through all the junk soil in us to grow as good soil. Um, it's in his word. Believe it. If we believe it, nothing will be impossible to you. That's why he will finish the good work he's begun in us. So I just want to encourage you. Firstly, his, his kingdom's coming. Secondly, forget about the law and the prophets. It's not that they're not important, but guess what? Christ fulfilled all the law and all the prophecies. So if we knew what we were doing, we would see Jesus himself alone and focus and love this precious person and develop a relationship with him. Lastly, we need to believe. If we want the Lord to do anything in us and through us, Y'all forget your pitiful situation, forget those sins, confess them, Lord will deal with it. Your disposition, your character, whatever it is, your personality you think is whack. Well, guess what? Jesus lives in you. Believe that he can change you. Don't try to change you. Just develop that relationship and he will grow and he will make you somebody you never knew you could ever be. But you will be truly a man or woman of God. All right, everybody. Have a wonderful rest of your day, and I hope you enjoy uh, Matthew 17 throughout this day. All right, bye, y'all.